Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Alrighty, welcome to the Celtics Lab Podcast brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. I am Cameron Pepper by I'm joined by Alex Wilberg. Dr. Justin Quinn has the day off in the lab, the lab portion of the program. I'm actually going to be talking to Brianna Jones, uh, the Connecticut Sun from the WNBA. The Sun are going to play the Sparks, not down in Connecticut, but up in Boston for a game in August. And I got to talk to Brianna about that. Her thoughts on the Celtics team, her thoughts on the Jays hitting their prime, and a bunch of other stuff. It was a really cool conversation. Um, so that is later in the program. But first, Alex and I are going to chew the fat on the news, chew the fat on trade rumors, all of that wonderful stuff. So later, Brianna, now Alex. Alex, what's up? Well, first off, Cam, uh, just want to shout out Brianna Jones and everybody who is rocking in the WNBA right now. Uh, the league is only getting better and better and better. Um, you should absolutely make sure if you like the Celtics Lab podcast and if you like the Boston Celtics and if you like the NBA generally to um, find ways to get into the WNBA because trust me, these ladies are hooping. Um, I am going to try and catch some Liberty games here in Brooklyn, among other things. And hopefully, Boston will be getting into the WNBA world soon enough. Yeah, anyway, I didn't want to put that on Brianna's shoulders, but we did talk about how the league is maybe finally getting the recognition it deserves and some yeah. other fun stuff. Um, so well said. Also, yeah. yeah, maybe Boston will. I mean, if there's an appetite this August. So look, if you want the WNBA to consider a Boston expansion, you better go to that Sun game and show the moneymakers what's what. Oh, um, yeah. Alex, I don't think we've talked about this. Divine Sweater, the band who plays our intro music, you play bass for that band. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've talked about the fact that you just won an award. You want to take 10 seconds? Sure, yeah. Uh, Speaking of Boston, we were lucky enough to win this year's Boston Music Awards uh, category for Best Indie Alternative Artist. Uh, Huge honor. Got to share the stage that night with a ton of other incredible artists. It was a really, really fun night. Um, And speaking of that night, um, in a future episode of the Celtics Lab podcast, as a little preview, uh, we're going to be doing a more thorough recap of that night and a bunch of other stuff with a guest coming soon. That's a little preview there for you. Um, but yeah, no, it was a blast. Um, things are things are happening. If you like the music that you heard at the top, uh, throw us a follow on Spotify. Uh, listen to our stuff, Apple Music, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, whatever. You know. Adaptive. Any mixtapes coming out? Right. Napster, uh, LimeWire. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, we're, we're thinking about, you know, CD-ROM, stuff like that. We'll, we'll get there. I'm not buying my hype. I think that that's a bubble. Really, the old okay. CD-ROM. All right. Maybe that's so. Our horrible banter. All right. It's January 8th, which means we're a month 
away from the trade deadline, which means when most people listen to this, it will be under a month until the NBA trade deadline. And if you're a Celtics fan and you like trades, Brad Stevens recently threw some cold water right in your face. He wants to remind people, or he visited practice and he was asked about it. These are basically the highlights of what he said. That, and, and I agree with him. He's, he's right about this. The CBA and the cap structure uh, put real limitations on teams that have spent as much money as the Celtics. Restrictions on salary that can come in, restrictions on salary that can go out, restrictions on buyouts. So it's a little more complicated for a team like the Celtics. Uh, he said that the center rotation is unlikely to be upgraded, although I think that we don't believe him. Um, and he did say that the Celtics are interested in a forward or a wing, but he's very curious about what internal growth looks like. So to recap, realistically, it's going to be hard for the Celtics to do, although he did say that the ownership has green-lighted any spending they can figure out <laughs> how to make happen. We don't believe him about the center rotation necessarily, and we do believe him about wanting to upgrade the forward position, but Brad says maybe that happens with him. So, Alex, let's take him at his word and then peel the onion. Now that you've sat on these comments, because these comments came at the tail end of last week, um, we've seen a nice, really nice few games from O'Shea Brissett. Sam Hauser's had a nice season. Uh, Lamar Stevens in bits and spurts. What do you think internal growth on the wing looks like for the Celtics? So internal growth on the wing for me, it feels like Sam Hauser is pretty locked into this rotation at this point. He continues yeah. to get better. Um, I don't think he's going to be going anywhere. Um, for me, that sounds like O'Shea Brissett for sure, um, having a kind of more significant portion of the rotation carved out for him. He's been playing pretty well lately. He's been providing a lot of hustle and energy off the bench. The three-point shot is still very much hit or miss. Um, and in general, his offense can be a struggle at times, but he is making up for it with very impressive defense and hustle. Um, and I think if you're looking for the internal case of Boston doesn't need to make any substantial moves around the deadline for wings, it's it probably starts with O'Shea Brissett just kind of continuing to grow and get more confident. There are some other guys that, you know, have seen run here and there, Sfi Mikhailiak, um, Lamar Stevens. But to me, those those two feel like they are less likely to be a significant part of the rotation going forward. And Brissett feels like of their of their kind of wing prospects, the guy who's most likely to get more run. Yeah, I'm really interested in O'Shea Brissett. I'm looking something up as I speak, so apologies if I look and sound distracted. Um, I really like his hustle. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, <laughs> never mind, sorry. I, like I said, I'm distracted. Um, let me tell you what I'm up to. Okay. I think that O'Shea Brissett, if you squint, does a good impression of Tobias Harris at a very uh, minimal cost, save, to your point, the three-point shooting. But Tobias Harris is a great deal better as an offensive player on kind of every level. But <laughs> Well, yes, except, for example, with the um, Sixers, he's not like a featured player. He just kind of has to connect. He has to find ways. Like, I don't mm -hmm. run plays for Tobias Harris, I don't think. That's fair. And O'Shea Brissett is kind of the same way. He's got a similar build. I think he moves similarly. He doesn't shoot as well. I'm not going to pretend like that's not a huge glaring part of this argument. But the idea that he like, is a bit of a four, a bit of a three, can stand on the corner, can also make the hustle play, out of nowhere can you know kickstart a breakaway play. I'm not saying he's as good as Tobias Harris, but I also think Tobias Harris 
makes 10 times as much money as Tobias Harris probably should make. So somewhere in the middle is probably where water would find its level. Hmm. I would love to see reset in space. Like I kind of wish they would spend a few games giving him the wrong defensive matchup just to see what he could do. If he has to like spend a lot of time switched onto smaller guards. Cause yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think he does a nice job as a plug in on defense, but I don't know if he could be a featured defensive player. I think also part of the Celtics defensive system, which is currently looking really good, among other things, um, definitely tries to kind of avoid having like pure one-on-one matchups as much as possible. They tend to, they've been running a lot of zone this year. They've been running a lot of switching. Um, I mean, and when it is kind of crunch time and they need to take away guys, I think increasingly they're starting to put Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown on them which is paying dividends. But in terms of like, if you want another wrinkle, which I think Joe Missoula is kind of always looking for, is just like, how can we make this defense even more flexible, have even more kind of layers and reads that we can go to? Putting O'Shea Brissett for five minutes on like a ball handler and just saying, hey, use your size and take this person away is definitely an intriguing idea. And one that I think they could be using kind of periodically. I feel like the place where that would be most impactful is against teams that have high impact scoring guards that they bring off the bench, like, uh, you know, a six man, like an Emmanuel quickly type or something like that. You know, if you're going up against a team or a Tyler hero, whatnot, like a team that, you know, has um, a significant portion of their offense as like a kind of ISO bench creator if there's a way that you could kind of turn Brissett into a counter for that, that could be a really intriguing look for this defense. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I guess, yes, I agree with that. It's more, look, they're winning 80% of their games. I think they can afford to experiment a little more insofar as, like, if they want to make a trade, they kind of need to know more about who Brissett is. I would hate for them to give him a vote of confidence without stress testing it. No offense to him. And then yeah. in April or May, realize, oh, wait, he can't do this. Like, there's, there's no way he can guard Tyler Hero in space or whatever. I think so, that's a big part of like why he's playing more lately in particular yeah. as well. As I think January is they're they're kind of testing out to see what they have there. Yeah, I'm curious. I haven't really looked into this. I have the sense that the Celtics are among the healthier teams, but at the same time, every other game, like someone is out. So like knock on wood, no one has any serious injuries, but like with rest management or little ankle tweaks or things like that, I'm curious if people like to add up the number of minutes missed. I wonder where the Celtics rank at this moment. Um, because part of it is, you're right, that Brissett didn't play much at the beginning of the season, and now, oh, I wonder why he's playing more. I do also think that Horford is not playing on back-to-backs, got an extra night of rest the other day. Porzingis is not playing on back-to-backs. Hauser has um, something he tweaked. Jason has an ankle that he tweaked. So there's also a little bit more 
wiggle room in the rotation just by way of health. But I don't know. Justin, who's not here, has in our show notes that Steak Bay, uh, I think everyone <laughs> listening or on the call is in agreement with that one. But I don't know if the asking price is believable. And then uh, I, friend of the podcast, Jack Simone, was saying something about the pronunciation of this person's name. I forget what he told me. So I'm going to try my best. Simone Fontecchio, maybe it's Simone Fontecchio. He plays for the Jazz. Uh, he's a scrappy little guy. I think he's a smaller wing, but that'd be an interesting get. And that's Justin's shout. But I like I like Fontecchio's game a lot. Uh, otherwise, I think anyone listening kind of knows the news. Jake Fisher of Yahoo says they want to keep Cornette. Everything, everything and everyone seems to be saying they like Cornette. They believe in Cornette. And Cornets, he's like fresh. He's like plausibly good enough. Like he's not actually yeah. good enough, but he's plausibly good enough. Um, At the very least, Cornette can eat regular season minutes and will not get played off the floor. And that's kind yeah. of what he's there for. Um, I I have noticed that in recent weeks, in particular, Cornette has been playing a lot better. And I think in general, he's starting to kind of emerge as this this team's locker room favorite. Um, which I think is going to make a compelling argument that he will be staying in green past the deadline. If you want the vibes of this team to be good heading into the playoffs, all those guys really like Luke Cornett. And I think there's something to the idea that like just keeping him on the team for vibes reasons alone might be worthwhile. Um, I think there's definitely, I'm not super sure that Brad Stevens is hunting on the idea of, upgrading the big spot i continue to think that andre drummond is an extremely logical candidate for this team um come playoff time the price might now be a little bit high for boston in terms of what chicago is going to be asking for but i continue to think that he would be just a good look for this team particularly like that guy offensive rebounds like very few players in the league and the celtics have been feasting on offensive rebounds this year so he does make sense to me um you know a couple other names that have been batted around John Conchar I think perfectly solid addition if the Boston Celtics roll out of the trade deadline with John Conchar and then buy out guy x I'm going to be perfectly okay with that um you know I think the big one though that um some Celtics fans have been kind of getting excited about uh that I think is maybe worth some discussion is uh, an unhappy bench forward in Golden State, a team that is looking awfully unhappy these days. Jonathan Kaminga is apparently, I don't know if he's actually available, but he certainly wants to be available and he fits within that Grant Williams trade exception. Now, Jonathan Kaminga is probably going to be a, a good deal more expensive from a capital draft capital standpoint than your Sadiq Bays or your John Conchars. But if we're looking at potential guys to bring in in anticipation of a championship run, that could be a very interesting candidate. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on like Boston, for example, coughing up potentially like first round pick value for a player like Jonathan Kaminga? Yeah, unless everyone in the front office knows that in two years they're going to hit reset on this because the team's going to get really expensive. Like if they, that is their operating procedure, which I, I suppose is plausible uh, in a different way. 
use the picks. The picks are worthless. Like I, I don't understand teams that get uh, sanctimonious about like near future picks when you're intending to be good, especially because I don't think the Celtics draft that well. So by all means, use the picks. And Kaminga is great. Kaminga is authentically a very good player, like would be a sick replacement for Al Horford, who in a season or two uh, will probably look to retire, take a different step in his career. So if Kaminga is your uh, sixth or, or, or eighth guy, so then it's Horford, Kaminga, Hauser off the bench, uh, it's a little redundant, but that's kind of the point. Now, really, the only thing that I would say uh, would give me pause is, first of all, I don't want to get too excited because lots of teams would want to get Kaminga on their team and could probably make it happen with a, a more attractive first-round pick or more attractive players. Like the Celtics don't have that attractive of an offer for real talent. Second, Kaminga is was in the news because he said he lost faith in Steve Kerr and then got like one of the world's worst haircuts. <laughs> so that, that gives me pause. I'm not going to like pretend like I know the guy. I'm not going to analyze his behavior, but that was a weird series of events. Second of all, he probably wishes he was getting more playing time. And we are hoping the Celtics bring in a starter quality big man who doesn't need to play starter minutes. So I don't know that Kaminga would be thrilled and if no offense to him again i don't know this person i don't want to like uh sound paternalistic but if he doesn't respect steve kerr who is a multi-time champion and has like sparred with michael jordan i don't know that a few tumultuous weeks with joe missoula is gonna do him any good so again i'm not saying he's a bad egg and like never ever bring him in but i would I would wonder, I'd want to know more about like what's going on there. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think that in general, you know, young players are looking for an opportunity. Last year, we saw it with Peyton Pritchard, who was pretty upset about the fact that, you know, Malcolm Brogdon basically bumped him out of the rotation in any meaningful sense. Um, these guys, I think, both from a playing time standpoint and like there's contractual implications to this. Jonathan Kaminga wants to make money on his next deal, and I can't blame him for that. And, you know, if he comes to Boston as an eighth man on a championship team, I'm not necessarily sure that, that helps enhance his value around the league uh, and puts him in a good position to negotiate for a bigger deal. Like, I think that's totally legitimate. Um, I do think that if you bring him in as a rental, basically thinking yeah. like, hey, listen, we're not expecting you to like be a long-term part of our team, but if you play super hard over these next few months uh will let you hit unrestricted free agency and make some real money as a team that's taking a kind of flyer on you that could be something to look at but in general i think the kind of most salient point that you made is that ultimately boston probably doesn't have the best offer for kaminga and that's a big yeah. part of why he's not going to i think be on this team um i also think well while, while we're on that um they might not have the most competitive buyout offer because I think like teams like the Lakers, if say Kelly Olynyk gets bought out, mm -hmm. maybe he really misses his time in Boston. But there are teams like the Heat or the Lakers who might contend and probably could give those players like real roles rather than injury insurance roles. So I'd be curious what that ends up looking like too. Yeah, typically Boston has kind of been burned by that in past buyout markets where. Like there are vet players that are available and want to ring chase and in theory would go to Boston, 
but Boston's rotation is usually shored up by the time that happens. Um, I think there's definitely some guys who could be looking at uh, a buyout slot in Boston, but again, they are probably like very much like we're at the end of our career. We just want to cash out on a ring type of guys. And and I think that's fine actually for this team. I think that uh, I would be totally okay with just bringing in another quality vet who has playoff experience and wants to cash out for a ring. Not a problem. No, not at all. I mean, who knows? Maybe Kemba or Blake will come back. That would all be right. fun. Blake Griffin, sure. Come on down. Right, so long as you don't have to play defense. Yeah. Let's do this. I'm going to pause the action and talk about our friends over at FanDuel. And then we have a few other pieces of news. And then later, my conversation with Brianna Jones of the Connecticut Sun. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, and there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet that's 150 bucks in bonus bets win or lose the app is so easy to use and there's so many different ways to bet for example live same game live same game day parlays find bets in the new explore tab you can make a parlay in the parlay hub which is the best way to find popular parlays and so much more so visit fanduel.com boston and make your first bet a layup FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonuses are issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, or Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. You can call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana help. Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. You can call 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800 800- 327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts, or you can call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Alrighty, back to the program. Jeez Louise. <laughs> what a read. Alright, a few more things, and then again, to the lab we go. So, we don't want to dwell too much on this, because on Thursday of this week, we will know more about the All-Star voting updates and the following thursday we will learn even more but at present it looks like jason tatum is a lock to start in the all-star game in february in indiana jalen brown is looks like he's not going to get a starter position but going to be very high up in the fan voting which will probably mean he will get a vote from the coaches chris steps porzingis uh, also has a pretty solid case and then drew holiday and dwight and Derek white are on the list um, and not like charitably, but firmly. So as a reminder, the starters are picked by 
a fan vote that gets 50% of the vote and then players vote 25% of that vote and coaches 25% of that all for the starters. The reserves are then picked by the coaches. And I think a few weeks ago, I said Joe Mazzola uh, could be the coach, but he can't be the coach because he coached last year, which I had said originally, and then someone corrected me and I got confused. So sorry that I shared that confusion. Anyways, Alex, I'm right about this, that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown will be in the All-Star game. Tatum will start and Brown will not, but he'll yeah, be on the team. That's correct. Um, what just, else uh, do you want to add to that formula? Well, so really quickly, I just want to talk about Jalen Brown because I think Jason Tatum is a lock and is going to be a lock for you know the next decade if he stays healthy. That seems easy. Um, Jalen Brown, I think, has had a more complex case this year in some respects. Um, a lot of like media types that have been making their early all-star ballots and things like that have not put Jalen Brown on. Um, and I think mostly because not because he's a bad player, but because um, it's, it's pretty tough in the East this year. There's a lot of good yeah. players. Um, Jalen Brown has, is currently averaging, uh, I believe 23 points per game, which is lower than last year when he was averaging 20, closer to 27. It's a little bit more in line with his averages since 2020, but in general, it's not the same point totals. Um, he's down on rebounds. His assists are basically where they have been for the last four years or so. His shooting percentages are largely the same. So you're asking if the rest of the East is, you know, starting to get better and you're starting to see like the Paolo Bancaros and all of these other hot young players emerge, and Jalen Brown has been largely the same without, you know, a, with a kind of decreased scoring average. What's the case for Jalen Brown being on this team? And to that, I would point you to this, which is that Jalen Brown currently leads the league in lowest opponent field goal percentage this season. Nice. Jalen Brown has turned into one hell of a defender this year and is really taking some pride in making that a signature part of his game. He still has lapses. He still makes mistakes on that end. But if you want a guy to erase somebody for a few possessions, so far, if you're looking for that guy this season, Jalen Brown has been that man. So the case for Jalen Brown should be an all-star really starts to me on the defensive end where he's playing, I think, better than he ever has. Um, he's making a pretty substantial jump there. And I think um, as a two-way player, I would argue this is the best version of Jalen Brown that we've seen. The shooting efficiency, the scoring, they're not quite the same, but you got to remember Jalen is also now sharing the floor with a bunch of other high volume scoring threats. Kristaps yeah. Porzingis needs the ball. Derek White needs the ball if they want to be the team that they're trying to be. So to see his scoring dip slightly, really not even that much in comparison to his more recent career averages, and then to see him kind of becoming a much more confident and comfortable player on the other end of the court. To me, it's a no-brainer. Jalen Brown has to be an all-star this year. Um, the Celtics have the best record in the league. I think it, there's a pretty good chance that they're still going to have that or like a top two record by the time the all-star game actually rolls around. The best team in the league almost always gets at least two all-stars. And yeah. Jalen Brown, to me, makes a ton of sense as that second guy. For the other dudes, Kristaps um, Porzingis has had a really good season. I think by any reasonable measure, his stats are in line with all-star production. He's one of the most efficient post players in the league, if not the most efficient. 
His rim protection is terrific. And if you watch the games, you can see how much of an impact he's had on this team in kind of raising their offensive ceiling while still providing a ton of valuable rim protection. The case against Kristaps Porzingis is that he misses games uh, and is going to likely miss more games in the future. Like he's big and he's lanky and, you know, he bangs around. And I think for Porzingis, it's way more health, more important that he be healthy in the playoffs than that he make the all-star game. So if you're pushing back against that, if you're looking for like, let's get some other guys in this game, the case against Porzingis is that he, he you, you could argue he doesn't play enough. Um, I'm curious, actually, before I move on, what do you think of the Kristaps Porzingis games case? Uh, I don't think it's relevant for an all-star game. All-star games for fun. doesn't matter. Um, First of all, I'm looking at the official fan return thing, and I'm wondering if it was made on a Google Doc. It's not a very handsome document. Um, I I thought the fans actually did a really nice job with the voting. Usually, I mean, Alperin Shangun is the seventh front cart. Uh, vote getter Lamello no ball. Devin Booker is a little weird to me but yeah, no Devin Booker Lamello Ball is seventh for guards he's barely played but by and large it's it's not as ridiculous as it sometimes is I actually think Porzingis is going to get in um, because I wouldn't be surprised so next this coming Thursday and the following Thursday we'll get new fan votes and Brooklyn just is sad and the team is sad and the players are sad and the fans are sad and I would be surprised if Porzingis jumps Mikael Bridges, and then he, he could even close the gap on Bam. I feel like the Heat uh, have had less time in the sun. Boston is a big fan base. Uh, Eastern Europe is a big fan base. Uh, fan voting could go the distance. And then I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics being like so dramatically the one seed convinces coaches that they should have a third all-star. I have no sense of how well like Porzingis is. And then Jalen, so he's fifth for fan voting. Um, pretty solidly and that's pretty impressive he doesn't do really any commercials he doesn't partner with Gatorade he doesn't partner with um, any of these brands really like he he does his thing on his terms and so he doesn't get like that added bump of teenagers across the country or across the world like know about Jalen Brown because he's on their favorite Gatorade or whatever Um, whereas a bunch of like LaMelo Ball is not an all-star Lamella Ball is like not, he's not an all star, but he mm. is so well liked. His branding is so obvious that, I mean, same with, same with Trey Young. He's not an all star either, but he's third on the voting list. So it's actually, I, I think, impressive for Jalen to be where he is given that he doesn't do extra work. Um, yeah. So let's put a pin in that for two reasons. First of all, we'll get new information on Thursday, but also Zoom is telling me we have. <laughs> we're running out of time here can i just really quickly jump yeah, in yeah. about the Derek white true holiday cases um i Derek white is an all-star in my heart he has been playing like an all-star he, just a fabulous basketball player and i really think would be deserving of an all-star spot i don't think it's going to happen um if i'm being honest because a the east is pretty stacked there's only 12 spots um and b i think the guard in the guard rotation in particular in the East is really heavy. Like Tyrese Halliburton, Tyrese Maxey, uh, Jalen Brunson, Trey Young. You know, I, I know that we don't necessarily think all of those guys are all-star players, but it's it's going to be really hard to crack the East guard rotation. Derek White could get in as an injury replacement. I'm not betting on it. Drew Holiday, 
great player. I think he's been terrific for Boston this year. Um, so much defensive flexibility that you can add with him. Joe Bazula clearly loves having this guy on the team. Drew Holiday is not going to be making the All-Star team this year. Yeah, Drew would have to, he'd have to have like multiple 30-point games in the next few weeks to convince the coaches. I think, yeah. which is fine. If anything, a player like Drew would probably prefer the extended vacation anyways. All right. So because Zoom wants to kick us out pretty soon, let's do this quickly. Um, the Celtics lost to the Thunder in a kind of wishy-washy game, but that was weeks ago. They beat Utah in a big way. They beat Indiana pretty good. Tonight, they're going to play Indiana again, but no Tatum or Hauser. Indiana's a good team, so who knows. Wednesday, they're going to host Minnesota, which will be sick. And if they win, they'll set the record for most home victories to open a season, which is kind of cool for the self, for the franchise. Um, but then they have a back-to-back on the road in Milwaukee. So it would be very mature for Missoula to split the difference and go 80% for both of the games rather than one or the other. But I guess I don't really know. Maybe I'll ask him on Wednesday. Um, and then uh, for good measure, they play Houston at home on Saturday. Uh, between those three games, which the Houston thing is most surprising, what are you looking for? Because after that stretch, that's when this, the, the so-called easiest schedule remaining, that's when things open up for the Celtics. So these might be the, first, the next consecutive tough games for a while for Boston. So I think the place to start is with Jason Tatum, um, who was terrific both in the loss to OKC and in those blowout wins against Utah and Indiana, and in general seems to be picking up steam as the season progresses. Um, He has the night off in Indy tonight, and I don't think that's an accident. I think they are explicitly doing that with the plan of, hey, you're going to be playing against Minnesota and Milwaukee. So the thing I'm watching for is, is Jason Tatum going to continue this hot shooting streak that he's been on and really asserting his will in all of these games? Um, To me, that's the biggest difference between whether they're going to succeed on this stretch or not. Um, Obviously, there are some legitimate health concerns. Kristaps Porzingis has been taking some hard falls and getting some eye injuries. Al Horford does not play back-to-backs. I would be very surprised if he plays a back-to-back against the Bucs. Um, yeah. Although they, what they might do is rest him against Minnesota and then I play him against Milwaukee. That's Porz- I think Porzingis will have the night off in Milwaukee. That that's definitely a possibility. Um, I'll be interested to see how they handle that back to back. This team really cares about this home winning record, and I think they're going to try very hard to beat that Timberwolves team specifically as well because they lost to them in a really great overtime thriller to start the season. I think they want to beat that Minnesota team. But then right off of that, you have your closest conference rival in Milwaukee just coming on the heels. Um, I think that Boston has played Milwaukee quite well this year and in general seems to be pretty confident about them, but the Bucs are going to be trying really hard to win that game. Um, So what I'm looking for is, frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if Boston takes the night off tonight against the Indiana Pacers. Uh, they thumped them pretty badly uh, in our in the previous game. I would not be shocked if they say, all right, guys, we got Minnesota, we've got Milwaukee coming up. We want to win both of those games on that back-to-back, and we have real stake in that matter. So let's take it easy tonight against Indy, a team that we know that we can beat when it matters. Chill out, and then uh, 
really gear up for that. So I'm I'm thinking of that four game stretch with the Rockets who are playing well coming on the heels of that back to back. I'm looking for them to win three of those games. I think that uh, there's a world in which they take the night off tonight in Indy. It sounds like the fans are taking the night off. I'm looking at the ESPN schedule. So I don't know who their ticket partner is, but it says tickets as low as five dollars. Uh, so <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> that'll do it. Um, even the Bucks game tickets as low as forty dollars. I mean, that's one of the cheapest things uh, remaining, save like a trip to Charlotte. So that's pretty extraordinary. Maybe we can unpack that another time. Um, I'm excited uh, and maybe dismayed, or I really I'm emotional for Drew Holiday going back to Milwaukee. I wouldn't be surprised if there, he also feels big emotions. Um, I think we haven't really heard much of how he, he truly feels about that, but my guess is he'll get a video package and he'll be asked about it before the game and after the game. And that will kind of be one of the storylines. So I agree. I think Boston would like to beat the pants out of Minnesota. And um, I just really like watching Anthony Edwards play basketball. I'm so excited for that game. And then, um, yeah, I don't know that they need to, like, I think one of the reasons they would rest Porzingis is they don't need to prove anything to themselves vis-a-vis the Bucks. So like, why give them a, a look at Porzingis like that it, it's <laughs> it, it's a little um ace up their sleeve to keep um because I'm not uh, the Bucks stink and I, I like I'm not being a homer I just like it's the puzzle the puzzle pieces don't fit they have a nice record because Giannis is very good but they're not a, a, a team that looks like they go the distance they need to make a trade they should never trade it for Dame it was a yeah, they, decision they don't have a lot of juice to do that but they have no juice they have no yeah. juice okay uh rematch against Udoka on Saturday as well. That'll be interesting. I think I think it's his first time back in Boston. I believe so, yeah. Uh I will be in Maine. And hmm. I'm kind of happy that I don't have to cover that. Because well, <laughs> anyways. Things we didn't get to. Actually, we talked for longer than I thought we were going to. Uh Marcus Smart and Danilo Gallinari said they have no ill will towards Boston. Great. We don't have ill will towards them. Um uh, Derek White's interview with JJ Reddick was great. I don't need to summarize it for you. If you like podcasts, if you made it this far, oh, yeah. you should listen to it. Go listen to it. Justin wants me to uh, promote a story I did with Jalen Brown about his Vance and Jackets. You can just go find it. I'm not going to. If you're interested, go. I worked really hard and I'm very proud of it. So It is a good story. Thanks. Uh, I was just teaching the Industrial Revolution, so it worked out well. Hmm. Anyways, let me tell you that the episode this episode of the self podcast was brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. For Alex, Alex, say goodbye. Um, well, uh, as I said before, if you like the music you heard at the top of this podcast, Divine Sweater, follow us on Instagram, Spotify, TikTok, whatever. The songs are good. Um, we don't have any shows coming up in the immediate future, but we have some announcements coming your way very soon. So throw us a follow. Divine Sweater, Vance and Jacket. Uh, the jacket might not be coming just yet, but right. definitely, definitely some things headed out your way. Well, if you see me walking around in one of those puppies, you know it fell off a truck because they Fair are enough. a little expensive. Um, Justin says hello and like and subscribe. And now through the magic of editing, please enjoy my conversation with Brian Jones of the Connecticut Sun, which was recorded at an undisclosed location that I'll tell Alex about in a moment. Fabulous. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. Adios.
and au revoir. All right. We're here with Brianna Jones, star of the Connecticut Sun. Brianna, we're going to talk to you about uh, the Sun's upcoming game in Boston and a bunch of other things. But first, how are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. Um, you know, I'm just on the road to recovery right now from my Achilles injury. So everything's good um, on my end. I'm, you know, on track with everything. So. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. I was going to ask you about that. Um, so maybe let me turn it into a question. What is the most surprising thing about this uh, recovery or or what's been a challenge that you, you didn't expect? Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was a full Achilles tear? Yeah, it was a full Achilles tear. Um, I think the most challenging thing has been just, you know, relearning everything again. Just, you know, um, first, like, taking those first steps, <laughs> those first steps, you know, getting my strength back um, in my calf. And then, you know, just, you know, now I'm learning how to run again. So it was just like, you know, each um, milestone has like a new challenge. So it's just, uh, you know, taking it one day at a time. Sure. Well, good luck with that. And then um, before we get into the, the Celtic stuff and then the WNBA stuff, you're working with your alma mater, uh, University of Maryland, right? Right. Yeah. So I'm uh, helping out there, you know, doing a little coaching and I'm just, you know, getting a first look at, you know, behind the scenes of, you know, what goes on at a, you know, division one program on the coaching side of things. Cause you know, as a player, I've been through all that. So just, you know, seeing the other side of it has been uh, eye opening. Cool. My twin sister ran a season of track with Maryland. So go Terps. Yes. <laughs> all right. So you're not here to talk about the Terps. Uh, you're here to talk about the sun and specifically the fact that this August, on August 20th, you're playing the Sparks, but you will be up in Boston at TD Garden. So first, what do you think of the plan for all of that? And um, when did you first find out? Um, I mean, I'm excited to, to play at TD Garden. I think just to be able to, um, you know, bring Connecticut on basketball to Boston and, you know, into a new market is just um, an exciting uh, experience. Um, and then play in such a such a great place as TD Garden. Um, but, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the game and uh, I think it's just going to do wonders for, you know, our market and, you know, bringing new fans. And I first found out, um, I think they, they kind of mentioned in passing, like they were trying to, uh, you know, work with the Celtics after we had, you know, gotten that deal um, last year, you know, working, partnering with the, the Celtics. So, you know, it's been in talks, but um, like when it officially came out and they confirmed that we're going to have a game this year, um, you know, uh, I was excited about it and I'm um, looking forward to it. Do you have a favorite venue, either college or professional, uh, to play at as a visitor? I know home court is your favorite, but your second favorite? Um, second favorite. Uh, I really enjoy playing in Seattle. I think they have a really good um, fan base. Um, and then they have the, their new arena is amazing to play at. So that's one of the places that I enjoy playing at. All right. So that's a challenge for fans of Boston to be at least as exciting as Seattle. <laughs> so to launched this partnership and to announce that you and a bunch of people from the sun came up to Boston a few weeks ago to visit TD and to go to a Celtics game. Uh, you did a Jersey swap with Jalen Brown. Talk me through that experience. What were some of the highlights and um, what were some of the conversations you had? Um, yeah, so we had gone down and, you know, we had did a little, not tour of Boston, but like we had uh, gone around to different hotspots in Boston. Um, we went to, um, uh, the square um, and like just to, uh, you know, promote the game. Like we um, took pictures and, you know, everything so they could 
get content for when they released everything. And then um, when we we went to the game uh, to, to watch the Celtics and do the jersey swap with Jalen Brown when they announced it. Um, so those were definitely highlights um, of the trip and just, you know, um, conversations around it. It just seemed like everybody was excited. Um, I think the Celtics organization, everybody I talked to with them, they were excited about the, the partnership and um, bringing the Connecticut Sun to Boston. And I think just, um, I think the buzz that it's creating is is, is good for both both organizations. Yeah, I'll say anecdotally, I was um, doing some press courtside when you and Jalen went to do the jersey swap, mm -hmm. and I went to take a picture, and then you guys got swarmed by so many cameras that I just gave up because there's no way I was going to get a picture. <laughs> um, have you had you met Jalen Brown before? What was that experience like? Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't met him before um, in person, but uh, it was it was nice. He was uh, real nice to, uh, to talk to um, for that brief moment. Um, uh, before the game but you know he was focused because he you know saw the game to play but uh, it was nice to meet him sure um I want to ask you more about the Celtics but I'm going to bridge the gap Ashley Battle works as a scout for the Celtics mm -hmm. and a commentator for the Sun what's your relationship with Ashley like um, you know, I had, you know, talked to her in passing, you know, sometimes in, in Connecticut. And then, you know, I talked to her a little bit on, on that trip. Um, but, you know, I think she, you know, has a great basketball mind and just to be able to bridge that gap between the Connecticut Sun and um, the Celtics, I think is a, um, a big deal. And I think that's, um, you know, just gonna be another positive, you know, going into this partnership. Sure. Um, so your season and the NBA season don't always interlap or overlap too much how much nba do you find yourself watching um i watch more now uh you know, that i'm you know home uh you know during this the season usually i'm overseas so it's tough to watch with the the time change you know i gotta sleep before my games and everything so <laughs> it's uh i haven't watched too much um in the past but i definitely find myself watching a lot more now and well, i'm just watching a lot more basketball in general now with uh coaching and everything so i think i'm just um more locked in and i'm and i'm seeing the game differently uh, i think since i've been you know uh you know, watching a basketball to scout and everything. So I'm definitely like seeing basketball. I'm not watching it so much as a fan <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. Have you been able to catch any Celtics games? Yeah, I have. I have I've definitely uh, seen some Celtics game and they've been uh, rocking and rolling this year. Well, okay. So let's put you to the test. What are your professional assessments of the Celtics this season? Oh, I mean, I think they're really good. They have um, solid players in every position. I think, you know, they move the ball well and they play well together. And I think that's, uh, going to be the key, you know, moving forward and, you know, as they, you know, push for their, their playoff run. Across the board, do you have a favorite NBA hot take or storyline that you're watching? Um, I, I mean, not at the moment, no, not really. Did um, you have a favorite team growing up? Uh, no, I mean, I just, I was a, a Kevin Durant fan, so he, he's been moving around. So, you know, I've, yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've been a fan of the Thunder. I've been a fan of the, the Warriors, but um definitely a fan of Kevin Durant. So growing up, what about um, WNBA fandom, or were you more of a college fan? Um, WNBA, I watched a lot of Mystics games, just, you know, that was, you know, the home team and uh, definitely a team that I watched growing up. So I would say I was, I was a Mystics fan growing up. Sure. Do you have a player that you think um, you model your game after at all? After? Um, I don't know necessarily if there's like a, a WNBA player that I model my game after, but I mean, 
I watched a lot of uh, Tina Charles um, growing up. I think she's just, you know, an amazing player and in the paint. And it's, it's just hard to guard and having to guard her myself. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> I've definitely, you know, got the firsthand experience. So I definitely, um, you know, have enjoyed watching her play and playing against her. Yeah, what was that experience like when you got to the league that you have to now your colleagues or you're guarding some of the people that you looked up to? Like, did you have any um, moments where you were like a little too starstruck or what was that transition like? Um, I wouldn't say like I had a moment where I was starstruck in the game, but I definitely, you know, felt like a rookie out there uh, sometimes. <laughs> like uh, probably one of my first first games um, in Connecticut, I got in, I was guarding Sylvia Fowles. I'm like, that's somebody that I've, you know, um, admired growing up and, you know, watching her play and then, you know, getting out there and playing against her. It's definitely different. You know, you, you're you, you're feeling why she's, you know, one of the the top players in the league. And um, uh, it definitely was an eye-opening experience of, like, where I want to go, where I want to get to. So um, it was great uh, learning experience. And, you know, I've gotten better um, every year since. And I think that's just, uh, you know, part of the game. Okay, so actually that sets up – bear with me. I have to set up this question a little bit. So I – am of the mindset that part of why players hit their prime around 26 27 28 is as much mental as it is like physical or just putting mm -hmm. in the time and there's data around even away from sports that you know people in their 20s and their late 20s are emotionally and intellectually different than people in their early 20s mm -hmm. and so i've made the case that we've been too critical of jason tatum and jalen brown because just because they're in conference finals doesn't mean that you should expect the same thing out of a 22-year-old as, say, a 28- or 29-year-old. And I'm only 31, so I don't mean to sound ageist. Like, I just hit that prime, too. I don't want to sound like an old man here. But So I've been on this case that I think, you know, we the, the Jays have been so lucky to compete at this level so young that now, really, they're only entering their prime, which is when we should really start to, like, consider who they are as players and so mm -hmm. you are i believe 28 and in the past few years you've uh been to the all-star game a couple times you won most improved player you won sixth player of the year so i would make the same case that you're in your prime and you're kind of showing okay this is who i am so mm -hmm. uh what do you think of my theory here and like what's your experience going from a younger player to a more seasoned player yeah no um i definitely agree with that because there's something you can't teach experience like uh you know when you're in those moments um it's different like you can have the skills to to be to be there but like if you're playing against uh, veteran players they're already you know three steps ahead of you because I definitely kind of felt like that you know my rookie you're like I could be in the right spot but like uh the, the defense I was already they're already accounting for that right so they're already the the vets already know there's like um you know what you're probably going to do before you do it so like you can do it but if you uh you know already playing as people who are thinking ahead of you then uh it's it's a different different um experience but i think i think uh, i think you have something there i think um you know as a, a younger player coming into the league like you can have the skills like i said but um just you know that mental piece is definitely something that that uh, makes or breaks you know the the great ones from you know just your um an average player you know sure and well thank you um while you work your way back from injury what is something you want to add to your game? Um, I definitely want to expand my range. I think that's something that, you know, I've been working on and I, def I had the time now to, to get in the gym and just, you know, um, shoot. So I think that's definitely something that I'm trying to add to my game right now. Oh, okay. Um, a couple more things, then we'll let you go. Uh, where are you at with the state of NBA, WNBA fandom? Um, the television stuff, the social stuff, all the numbers behind it, 
seem like it's a rocket ship and people are finally understanding that this is a very, very serious basketball league we're dealing with. As a player, do you feel like you can feel the growth and the buzz and like the respect and the understanding from casual fans about like what the WNBA actually is? Absolutely. I think um, just, you know, in the seven years I've been in the league, there's been a a, a shift. Um, you know, you can feel it. Um, you know, when you go to games, you can feel it on social media, just like the buzz and the the attention, the detail that I think, you know, all the fans have, have picked up, um, you know, over the course of the last like four or five years has been um, amazing to watch. And I'm just uh, excited to see it continue to grow. What's something about, so say someone is in the New England area and they haven't been to a Sun game before. What's your favorite like fan tradition or like little tiny part of the game? Obviously the basketball is the best part, but what's something about going to a sun game that you think people would really enjoy that you just have to go see it in person? Um, hmm. Your favorite sun tradition. Like I'll, I'll, I'll give you an answer for the Celtics. <laughs> I think that they do a really good job at the music in the game. <laughs> And part of it is they don't play music the whole time. So when they do pick a song, it's like a real event. So, uh, I mean, it helps that the Celtics usually are winning the game, but TD Garden is like often a big dance party as much as mm-hmm. it is a basketball game. Um, so yeah, is there anything about the sun? Like, do they do good good giveaways or is the PA person funny? Like, is there anything about the experience beyond basketball or it's all hoops? Yeah, no, I think um, I think they do a good job of engaging the fans with the um, with our PA person and um, just the, like the video content and everything, and they they you know work the crowd and uh, do all that. So I think they do a really good job of you know engaging the the people in the crowd. All right, um, all right. Well, Brianna Jones, I guess we'll get you out of here with this. Um, give us a prediction for the Celtics and give us a prediction for the Sun for twenty twenty four um Celtics I mean I think you know they have everything they need they can they can go all the way I think you know this is their year they've they've been to the to the final the conference finals I think they can they can make it to the um you know the league finals uh this year um and then for us for Connecticut I think you know once we you know click in and you know um get everything rolling and have everybody back this year I think uh you know we were final bound too. I think we had everything we needed last year. Unfortunately, I got um, injured and we were still able to, to, you know, make it to the semifinals. So I think, you know, we have everything we need to here. And this is our year. This is their year. All right. Well, if it is indeed the Suns year, you can catch them at TD Garden in Boston, August 20th. Um, and until then, you can catch them down in Connecticut. Brianna, thanks for coming on the Celtics Lab podcast. It's just a lot of fun. And if we don't see you in Connecticut. Maybe we'll see you up in Boston. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Sure.